out in the storybook land Are many leagues of the wild Wise and uncontainable As a windy-haired child There are the youth truth movements And they're springing from the ground Freak flag wavers And you cannot chop them down It's the home of the brave You'll get the threat of the free Go to the woods Go to the woods And see Welcome to Sundays on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy. And this is Alex Sokolow. <laughs> and you get more and more creative with the way you say your name, Sok. I get so bored with <laughs> my name. Although I do love like the three O's in my name. And when uh, when my ex was, was pregnant with our first child, uh, I wanted to name her Coco, just so it would be C-O-C-O-S-O-K-O-L-O. <laughs> it's kind of cool. So, oh, well, it, we have a- Didn't win that argument. <laughs> you didn't win very many arguments at all, I think. Um, so I want my share. I want my share. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, we're going to have a great guest on today. Kara uh, Hoblin, um, Carabella Art, is a very unique and original artist out here, young too. And uh, if, if you've been at a at a restaurant or brewery on the North Fork, or or you know, you, then you've probably seen her chalk art. Uh, which is just magnificent. It's uh, it's creative. It's it's um, kind of very based in nature and stuff. But what's amazing is that her creating the art actually becomes kind of like a spectator sport. Like if people know that she's going to be there doing these huge murals in in restaurants and bars or or shops or you know. And she even did one in a driveway. Uh, I think it was for the rescue workers. She'll she'll correct me when she comes on. But I mean, it's it's so it's Tempest Fugit. It's fleeting art. Yeah, um, and uh, what uh, I think may have we'll find out, but may have a connection to the sand mandalas and the things that uh, Zen monks have done with sand, and and uh, nothing lasts forever. Uh, although, what what was that? Uh, that horrible Kansas song, except the earth and sky, dust in the wind. Yeah. Oh God, I hated that song. I hate that song. I blocked that song. <laughs> but anyway, nothing does last forever. Everything passes. And I think there's something magnificent about art that in its very inception uh, is not trying to uh, uh, express a permanence. Most artists, I know myself in my writing, uh, it, it kind of, even if they don't want to admit it, are obsessed with having stuff that outlives you and um that's part of your ego it's part of like your um uh i, I think it's actually all of humanity's ego i think that like uh, that's why architects are architects is we all want proof that we existed and um and the idea of art that in its very inception is going to be very fleeting uh is is unsettling to a lot of people but it's also quite magnificent because you have to be there to experience it or you just never will experience it well, you you will live on forever, obviously. I mean, if I, I'm sure you have an, a couple more or several more great works inside of you, Alec. But Toy Story is, you know, you've said before, Toy Story is your. You know, I, I, you know, every day I'm surprised what I have inside of me. My I've spent the last 38 years. I mean, now things you can find everything on the internet, yeah, yeah. but before that, you know, it's it's very fleeting. I mean, I'd write 200 stories a a, a year. And they, they're gone unless I was going to keep some kind of creepy scrapbooks or something, which I didn't. And the same thing with my stepfather, Tony Walton. We, we were talking about that. I mean, set design. Yeah, he has little models, but the grandeur of seeing, you know, shows that he won Tony's for or whatever, they're they're gone. It's it's a, it's another form of fleeting art, yeah. you know? Yeah, but, but even that, I mean, you, you talk about Tony and, and theater, uh, you know, performance you have to show up and consume culture at a certain moment of performance. It's one of the things I always thought was a, a little bit uh, of a misnomer when people would talk about uh, actors in, in movies and television giving a performance, where I always felt like they really, they were creating a presence. They were kind of hosting you through something. Uh, we use the term, but it's really, it's not that. Whereas in theater or in uh, any kind of live performance or, or um, things that are very time specific, uh, 
it is about the creation. You're watching the creation as it happens, which I find uh, exhilarating and it's sometimes confounding. Um, so yeah, absolutely, that's uh, that's a big thing. And then and then there's another side to this, which I would love to actually ask Tara about, which which is then because of photography, which she's also a photographer, uh, she can actually record these pieces, and they do kind of live on forever. Beside the point. So maybe she's having her cake and eating it too. <laughs> well, so I would like a piece of cake and to eat it too. But yeah, thanks, thanks, Alex. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with Kara Hoblin. Uh, famed for her chalk art on the East End. You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alec Sakalu. And we're coming to you on WLIW 88.3 FM. You can also stream us online, WLIWFM.org. We'll be right back. The following is a public service announcement from 88.3 WLIW FM. Founded in 1974, the Animal Rescue Fund is an animal welfare organization located at 90 Daniels Hole Road in Wainscott on the east end of Long Island. ARF's mission is to actively rescue cats and dogs, provide quality care, and offer sanctuary until loving homes can be found. To adopt, donate, or volunteer, 631-537-0400 or arfhamptons.org. Shining ray coming from the golden autumn sun. You were there to remind me of the dreams that we had spun. Oh, they were fleeting. I begged you to stay. Please don't go. Until I say it's time to be on your way. We're back, Sunday's on the East End. Uh, Bridget here. And Alec. Hope everybody's <laughs> having a good winter. Yeah. You know, yeah. February, uh, among other things, when I first moved back to Long Island, uh, somebody said, and I'm going to clean it up, but that February is sleep with your cousin month. And um, what? <laughs> I, luckily, I don't have any cousins out here. So, uh, right, Game of Thrones. But then, you know, it gets it, it gets a little weird out here in February. Although, with with the pandemic and the weirdness of the last year, there's a lot more people out here, and I think uh, a lot more uh, collective uh, isolation. If there's something. Yeah. There. Well, we're already used to it. Yeah. How are you, Kara? Hi. <laughs> um, I'm good. Yeah. As good as anyone can be. I'm healthy. Um, Welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I've been a Thank fan. Thank you for having me. I mean, you know, I've been a fan of your work and yeah. love, love seeing your stuff. And I think the first time I was introduced to your work was I snuck out to Love Lane, uh, the restaurant with a friend of mine. And I think you were in the middle of doing the Life is Beautiful. And I, mm. I, I just thought you worked at the restaurant. I was like, wow, that's, that's a super talented server. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten that a few times. So, so when you get when you get uh, approached by a restaurant or a place, they specifically ask for you to come at a specific time, create your art. No, not you. Not it depends. Every restaurant or every business is different. Uh -huh. um, there sometimes it's easier for them to come when they're closed. Sometimes they want me to come when when people are there so they can watch me. Um, so it becomes like both spectacle and artwork, like live art. Um, and and um, all right, this is like the most basic question, but why chalk? Like, how'd you get there? I feel like it's such a long story, but I'm going to try to make it a really short We got, we got 57 okay. minutes. <laughs> we got time. Um, <laughs> so I feel like if you're from the East End, you're familiar with this story, but um, I'm sure now there's honestly, I've met so many people via social media, um, especially after that, uh, um, chalk driveway chalk drawing. Yeah. We'll talk about that later, uh, but yeah. That I, there's a, a lot of new people have been asking me this question, which I, I feel like I've been doing this for so long now that I'm like, wait, you, d you haven't heard the story. So it's nice to, it's nice 
to kind of meet new people um, and tell them how I ended up here. And uh, so I actually went to college. I'm from Long Island. I went to college uh, in SUNY New Paltz for photography. I got my BFA there. Oh. Yeah, beautiful yeah. town. There's a, there's a good hike there, right? Yeah, it's like, a... it's like famous for the gunks. It, it has really great like musical, like art history. The, it said that the watchtower is like Bob Dylan's watchtower and he crashed his motorcycle like on the, on the 90 degree turn. Um, but anyway, so you you went you went to call you were lived on Long Island. Yeah, but but you studied study photography. Yeah, study right. Photography. So I always I've always been drawing like since I was a little kid. Um, I think we're all kind of born with this in, innate like creative energy, right? We're we're all artists, but it's just okay. do you do you foster that passion as you grow? Um, and I always wanted to be an artist. Like I'll, I, when I was like five, you have like your walk around kindergarten, you dress like Halloween and everyone dresses up like what they want. And I remember everybody was a power ranger and I was like, <laughs> put on my dirty smock and I like, carried paintbrushes. And they're like, what's, who are you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm, an oh, so you I'm an artist. You do early. That's so cute. Um, but I feel like, you know, society and everything was like, oh, you can't make money. And I really took it to heart. I was like, I can't really be an artist. I just have to, I can do it, but I can't actually be one. So I, and it carried through me like all through high school. I, I, um, I ended up thinking like, how can I have a career that's artistic? And I didn't know much about photography at the time. I had a friend who was who was doing that in college. And I was like, oh, this just seems like a good way to be creative and have a job. <laughs> right. So, so that's why I kind of picked that path. And it was, and it was interesting. It was really fun. Like when I was doing it, it was, it was. Yeah, what, what work did you do as a photographer? Um, I really, I think because I like using my hands, I did a lot of like old school like I did albumin printing like I where you make your own watercolor paper with egg whites it's really yeah. cool um I had a really good the like technical I forgot what I forgot what they're called but they take care of the dark room it's like a technical guy like in my college he was from Cal Arts and he was really he was like really cool and like wanted to teach if people wanted to learn there was like three of us he was like he taught us van dyke printing albumin printing cyanotypes like really it was fun uh -huh. yeah well that's one yeah, yeah. no actually my my ex uh wife was and is a fine art photographer and and uh i for years uh was just dazzled by i guess what what Henry Cartier Brissant would call is it the, the perfect moment or like just capturing things or or, yeah. or court or coordinating things to capture what you want and and use the camera uh, as a uh, as an instrument that that is it seems like a bit of a mystery to me I I've checked out some of your photography and you you have this I mean incredible uh, confluence of colors and and imagery. Uh, that kind of exists. I think also in in the chalk art I've I've yeah. seen. Um, uh, so you have a real strong sense of of um, of, of vibrancy. Yeah, I would say. I that's think, the word vibrancy. So I ended up, you know, like I I absolutely loved going to school for photography. I had great teachers. New Paltz was amazing, and I ended up my thesis was like a mix. So I printed my own like Photoshop edited images and then stretched them on canvas and painted over them. So it was like this weird combining of the two, like the digital human world with like the hands, like like also human, but natural world. <laughs> like, but again, um, that's very much like your chalk art. I'm thinking of like your your lungs that are made mm -hmm. of coral. Mm -hmm. So it's like the human and the natural world kind of combining, which I feel like has always been an under like underlying through all of my work is how we react and work with our environment. And, you know, but I didn't fully understand it. Then I was just going through the motions and feeling I'm a feeling based artist. So kind of just what happens is like what I'll what emotions I'm feeling like 
I just try to bring out in pretty colorful ways, but, I guess. But 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 you, but you have, uh, and this is I think even more so true in 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 the chalk art. You have this very very well thought out sense of composition. You know, it's it's not it doesn't feel like you're doodling. It feels like you you've already created it in your mind and are now just putting it out into the physical world. That's that's a good uh, point. I mean, do you sort of plan? I mean, now we're getting into talk, talking more about like the murals and we'll yeah. jump around, of course. But I mean, so your murals are so I, I just bought one of your works. I think it's called Earth Eye. Yeah, yeah. I, I, did, did you get it yet? I sent it. Yeah, okay, I did. I'm actually, gonna, I'm actually bringing it to Costa Rica. Well, I'll be back from Costa Rica by the time this airs. But I am I have gifted it to uh, my shaman, oh my, my shaman leaders because uh, it's got a jack has the cheetah yeah. like the jack it's all it's all endangered or threatened species with and it's it has like the rainforest palms on the bottom and right and uh, i mean the rainforest palms on the top and the coral on the bottom and it's it's all in, encapsulated in a human eye yeah and, and you have the globe as being kind of the you know the eyeball or whatever yeah. um, but you must plan that stuff out I mean, or do you just do it freehand? Um, it's it's different. So if I am doing them in a public space or with a client or, you know, like for somebody else's place, um, mm -hmm. we I do plan it out. Like I do, we do discuss ideas. Like I'll send over sketches sometimes. I really am not a sketcher. Um, like I keep a sketchbook, but they're, they're like pretty finished little it's basically like mini drawing that I just want to get out you know um wow. but for a client I will sketch if they ask um but usually I don't sketch until I get to the board mm -hmm. so we'll Amazing. discuss the idea and because and the reason why I don't sketch anymore um is because it changes once I start drawing on the board so something I thought would be good as soon as I draw I'm like oh no you know like it's like a very like go with the flow I'm like nah, nah add this change right, this that, right but that also speaks to and I I you know I'm always thinking about in some way or or rethinking about writing and structure it, it goes to like at least in my mind create the best creative work I've ever been able to channel comes from a simple central idea that I then grow out from that one big idea. So like you were mentioning the piece that, that Bridget just uh, brought into her life and it's going to gift. And, and what I heard was you're like, Oh, endangered yeah, species, that right? You start with endangered species and you know, whether it's, I want to put a, a Bengalese tiger in the left part of the frame, if you will, or I want to like, whatever it's, it's so, so in a way you're sketching it out, uh, yeah. abstractly in your mind, but not, but not inhibiting your creative process. Because, mm -hmm. like, I could also tell you that from in screenwriting, the thing I've hated the most in screenwriting is treatments and outlines. Right. Because, you know, people require that to generate your work. You need to show them what you're going to do. But to me, it felt like I was just putting myself in a little prison box. Yeah. And, you know, and that the, the, the discovery of creation is this weird magic. Right. I feel lucky now that most of my clients I've had for a long, you know, I mean, I'm, I guess four years, like as long as I've been talking, um, maybe five this year, I think. Uh, so they're, for the most part, they're all like, do whatever you want, like very trusting. Um, the, the earth eye I actually made in Google in New York in their office. Wow. And they, so th what they do is my, that was my third year working with them and they give me like a, a theme. So it's like earth week. Mm -hmm. So then I can, that's it. Like I'm, the first one I did for them, I had to send a sketch and then they're like, oh, you got it. We got, you're good. <laughs> I was say, maybe you'll get big enough. You'll be like Diego Rivera, you know, where you can just go in and like do whatever kind of mural you want. Yeah. And Nelson Rockefeller will come in and make you or whoever it was who made him like take it down because it was too worker oriented, you know? <laughs> you know like I, 
And, and, and I would love to talk about like, all right, so you have a client like Google and as, a, as an emerging artist, as an established artist, as an artist who really is starting to cast great shadows on, on the East End of Long Island, how do you go from I'm, a, I'm in college studying photography to now I have clients like Google? Because that seems like so wild. Good art. Yeah. Um, so, oh yeah, back to the origin story. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I was in college photography, got my BFA, and I right out of college, kind of followed this path that I think a lot of I don't know if it's just Long Island kids, but you think you have to work in the city. Like it's like that's kind of like the rite of passage. So I worked there and it was really cool. Like it was actually, I did a lot of like creative marketing. Like I did a lot of paperwork, like, but I got to um, photograph uh, New York Fashion Week, which was pretty fun. So I worked there for a couple of years and I just am not a city person. Like I, you know, you can't walk around barefoot. You lose your sense of smell. Like there's so everything's dirty and technically you can walk around barefoot uh it's just not encouraged i i, I learned the hard way <laughs> yeah you can't sit like from long island beach girl to mountain college student to right concrete city animal like it was really hard yeah. <laughs> like, it's funny, and i was i was brought up in new york i mean alec and i are old chums and we went to high school together on the upper west side and uh you know, I, I say that I was a, a country mouse born in a city mouse body. Like I was, mm. I was a trans mouse. I didn't, I was a country girl from, yeah. so it never, I never felt comfortable being in New York City unless I was like incredibly wasted. <laughs> that was the only yeah. thing that was okay. I, I think <laughs> after the allure, like of, you know, you just grow up and you're with this idea and you live in the city, you work in the city. And I, I feel like after six months, I was like, Okay. I was like, I'm ready to go back to the water. <laughs> how, did you, how did you transition out of the city? Because I know there's um, a story about your car. In, in right. So after like basically like three years and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm come, coming back out. I'm coming out east. So I packed up my car before leaving. Mind you, I lived in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. um, I packed up my car the night before, like with all my stuff, got in the next morning and it was broken into. And I, oh, no. it, honestly, like I couldn't, I looked at the pole, like the, the telephone poles. I was like, this has to be a TV show. Like, I must be like, like, just like looking around. And then like, it hit me that it's real. I probably sat in my car and cried for like three hours. Oh, I'm so sorry. And that, what, a, what a great, what a great, the universe was speaking there. What a parting gift of like, it really, you don't belong yeah. here. Yep. It was like, okay. And we're going to take all your stuff. So start over. So it's all your uh, photography equipment, everything? Everything, uh -huh. like everything, even like stuff, like like clothes and shoes. Like I had some gifts in there. Like I just like, it took everything. And you probably um, thought the night before I'm, I'm being extra responsible by packing. Which I never do. Like I, I'm a at the moment, in the moment, like kind of person. So I was like, oh, I'm being so good. I'm like packing the night before everything's ready. I'm just ready to go. And uh, gone. Right. Yeah. Oh. But much, so, much like your chalk creations. I think moments, it started there. Moments, moments come and go, and you you are, were forced then to confront yep. the the lack of permanence in, in possession. And uh, let's let's take a little break now. You're listening to Sundays on the East End. We're talking with artist Kara Hoblin, who works primarily in, is known for working in chalk, but also a, a photographer and uh, a really really brilliant uh, visual uh, artist and an environmentalist. Ah, you had to throw that in. I did. I, I wrote the last one. <laughs> anyway, you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow. So we'll be right back after this. The following is a public service announcement from 88.3 WLIW-FM. The National Runaway Safe Line helps to keep America's runaway, homeless, and at-risk youth safe and off the streets. They are available to help 24 hours a day, 365 days a year through their 1-800-RUNAWAY-HOTLINE, as well as online services at 1-800-RUNAWAY.ORG. 
I'm Meg Noonan inviting you to join me on 88.3 WLIW-FM for Freeform Radio at its new time every Sunday night from 9 to 11. You'll hear a lively mix of rock in all its glorious subgenres, plus a heavy dose of soul, R&B, and more. So tune in to Freeform Radio, where variety reigns supreme, Sundays at 9 p.m. on 88.3 WLIW-FM and WLIW.org slash radio, Long Island's only NPR station. Serving Eastern Long Island and Coastal Connecticut, this is listener-supported 88.3 WLIW-FM and WLIW.org slash radio, Long Island's only NPR station. Your source for news, music, and entertainment, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week in Southampton, New York. Sundays on the East End, and we're talking with artist Kara Hoblin. Um, when we left you last, you were sitting in your car, which had been broken into in Brooklyn, just about ready to move out to Greenport, crying your cute little eyes out, <laughs> lost everything. <laughs> and how did that affect your future and your your art? Um, well, so at the time, I, I should mention this too, like I wasn't creating, I wasn't really creating that much art. I was working in photography, but I would, I kept a sketchbook still. I always kept a sketchbook, but I wasn't really, I didn't con- even consider myself an artist. Um, so we, I moved out and I lost my career. Like I lost my like livelihood. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know what to do. So I actually started working in the wine industry, (laughs) um, North Fork, lots of vineyards. Um, so I started working in the wine industry and then I, um, met the owner of first and South, which is a green, which is a restaurant in Greenport. And, um, it's small town, not a lot of, you know, at the time, now there's a lot more people, but at the time there was only a small group of young people. Um, so I was talking to her at the bar and I told her what happened. She's like, oh, you went to art school. So you're an artist. And I was like, well, I was a photographer, but now I don't have a camera. I have no, I don't know. And she's like, well, you, you went to art school, right? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, so I think you're an artist. And I was like, okay. And she's like, can you, um, can you draw on my wall? I just painted the entire dining room chalkboard. And I was like, what? Wow. You're, you want me to draw with chalk on your dining room wall? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, no, (laughs) I'm so confused. What do you mean? And she was like, well, if it's terrible, just erase it. And it was like the, like, it was like a light bulb just flicked on in my brain. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. And I kind of, that was like, it, I feel like the, the universe was giving me like these little breadcrumbs to follow. And so that was my first chalkboard ever. It was this giant dining room in wow. Greenport. And um, it came out pretty good. It came out pretty good. And it seems like, you know, you said the term, but the universe was really speaking loud and clear that, that you, were, you were in a place in, in the city where you were doing something that wasn't quite your authentic self. You're, 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 yeah. Hi again. Um, yeah, no, but, but so you're, you're, you're in, you're in a little chapter of your life where you're not really achieving your bliss, your authentic self. You are, you are in the city. You're, you're kind of not creating You're you're working, you're doing all the things that you think you're supposed to do. And for whatever reason, you find yourself now back, back on the East end and uh, the, you know, almost this universe was saying, you know, it's time for you to find your, who you really are. And, uh, and you went back home and you went uh, into creation. You, you were working in, in the wine industry and doing chalk on the side. <laughs> um, so I was doing it kind of word of mouth, kind of took like wildfire yeah. and I ended up just um, working after work, you know, working late and for work or whenever put or on the ends, I was doing all these chalkboards and it finally came to a point where I couldn't do both jobs. And even though the wine job was more stable, um, I decided to pursue my passion and I felt like the universe was giving me the, the green light. So, um, so I ended up leaving my job and becoming a full-time artist, a full-time chalk artist. Um, and that is, and I, I know, it was, it was, yeah, Kara, I know that how hard that is, like how emotionally hard that is when you know that you are now going to pay your bills and make your way through something that is not steady in theory, but can be incredibly lucrative in success. Um, and so if you don't mind, like, can you talk about that, that transition and not just like gloss it over? Cause it's, it's like, that is, I think the hardest step for most emerging artists. I, I mean, I guess for me, I'm not that good with finance finances. So one thing that I feel like I wish that schools talked more about high school, college is finances and like how you need to be financially smart to survive in a world that's based on money like where I never learned anything like that like nothing I to me money was just like a, a pillow on the couch you know yeah. I needed it to to eat and to pay my rent but I but that's it and it really honestly isn't up until this past year that I realized like that there's a like a really good balance that I have just now finally like understood where I'm not anti-money, you know, like I'm like, I, yes, it's necessary and I deserve it for the work that I'm doing, which is, which is actually a really, has been a really long, hard journey for me where I kind of, money was such like, um, I thought about it so negatively because I thought that it corrupts people and I felt like it really made you not think about the important things like human life, the environment, like, like it was such this, like, I thought about it so negatively, but now, and I'm grateful for 2020 for coming to this realization and having like the time and like, kind of, you know, from to be a full-time artist, it's been go, 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 go. It's been like survive, you know, like work, survive, survive, create, like, and which I need both to survive. I need work to pay the bills and I need to make stuff or else like I'm like losing it, you know? <laughs> so, so I feel like it's been this really, it wasn't like a quick journey, you know, like I'm just now what five years later, like just now coming to this great equilibrium of, I deserve money. My, my work is worth something in the financial world. Like val the value of everything, like that, like the movie, where what, you know, it's so hard to put a price on artwork, but it's such, 
it's such an incredible, um, I, I love that you use the word corruption because I think that's really, you know, you don't get that with people who go to school for banking or who get to go to school for teaching even or anything. It's, it's only artists that feel like money corrupts. And what I actually think though, which is a, a really profound conversation is you're talking about worth and self-worth and how do you, uh, without getting into the minutiae, but how do you price your work? And do you feel as an artist that you uh, have had to grapple with what you think it's worth versus what you yeah. think the world thinks it's worth? Right. And it's like this negative thing, which it's not like which it. And like I said, like it's been a long it's been a long journey for me me and money we've had our we've had our own separate journey right like art was an in, inherent in my soul like it was always a part of me but I think also like how I grew up which is a totally different different conversation but I had a very difficult childhood and I think like it was actually my now financial advisor was is the is the guy who told me he was like you know I think you just need to accept that money is good and I'm right. like what <laughs> he's like yeah you know it it really comes down to you just he's like you're worth it and people want to give it to you but you don't want to take it and he's like and that's yeah. and that's your own battle that you need and, to get over and I was like okay and, and I, I would also say that money is expression and that uh in, in a capitalistic culture and, and civilization right. uh there's probably no better when, and you were working in the wine industry, and I, I feel this is true with wine as well. Uh, the pleasure receptors tend to kick in more when you've sacrificed more to get something. And so if you spend more on a bottle of wine, you would automatically think that wine is good. Mm. And for an artist, when you charge more and it actually hurts, you're actually giving, I think, somebody the, the uh, emotional, almost chemical uh, pleasure receptor release of I have now added something of value to my existence, which makes mm. my relationship money. Uh, but you, but you know, and you're you're talking about it on a capitalistic term, and you're and Carrie, you're talking about it on an art in artistic terms. But there's yeah. also the energetic exchange. There's a there's a kind yeah. of a spiritual yes. side to money that you know that we only learn as we grow. Believe me, I am so much yeah. like you, and it's so ask for money for stuff I write and and I get it I totally get it and I'm not everybody that's the thing I think it's really an artistic thing about am I selling out am I you know there's that that there's this horrible kind of um a stigma attached to asking for money for your art it's vulgar what I've realized and this is like my own personal journey and obviously everybody's journey is different and values are different and you cannot compare yourself to anybody and that's like the one yeah. thing that I feel like makes me feel really good about everything that I do. Like I have no real reg like regrets, especially like in that mindset. Like, yeah, maybe I didn't charge as much as this person, but it doesn't matter to me because I'm not that person, you know? So right. yeah, really, and, and I, 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 it might not have been Warhol who said this, but uh, I know somebody said that, you know, art is what you can get away with. And huh. in a way, I do think that that's, uh, it, I, I feel that way in, in my screenwriting career. Um, and I think one of the reasons why in, in Hollywood uh, you're encouraged to have agents or reps is because they have no problem asking for an obscene amount of something that you would give away for free. Right. Yeah. But listen, you know, I want to get out yeah. of the, the money talk because we only have about 10 minutes left or so. I want to talk about the art of let, the chalk art of letting okay. go which you ran at SAC because that's such a, you, you actually led other people. Yes. So you know, you're not, you're not. Yeah. Tell me okay, about Okay. So we have to go back in time a little bit. So I'm doing these chalkboards. Now I'm a full-time artist, um, which, what does that even mean? But, uh, <laughs> but I was so like, so losing all my stuff, like losing my career, changing. I also went through a heartbreaking breakup, like around the same time. Like I said, everything around me influences my work, right? Like I'm not, I don't compartmentalize. I'm all in. Um, so all this stuff happened. And then I had a really, really intense near death experience. Oh, um, I, it's so it's even saying it, I'm like, wait, did that really happen? Um, 
I remember you talking about this when we did one of the story, one of the story things for the independent. Yes. Yes. So I was 26. Um, I, you know, healthy 26 year old. I started having pain, um, kind of like my lower stomach. Um, and I was like, oh, it's just, I'm a woman. I'm going through stuff. Like, it's fine. Like it's going to pass. It didn't pass and it just got worse and worse. And I eventually started losing consciousness. I started getting shooting pains in my shoulders. Like I, you couldn't touch my skin. Like I couldn't breathe. I was like, it was really bad. And I didn't have health insurance. So I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait it out, let it pass, it'll pass. It didn't. So it finally took a friend's mom who like came to see me and was like, you are, you're paler than the sheets. Like you're in and out of consciousness. I'm taking you to the ER. Um, so she took me, thank God. She literally saved my life. They brought me to the hospital and they did like a, a sonogram and they were like, there's blood in all the wrong places. The, you know, you're the, you're having pains in your shoulder because blood is hitting your diaphragm. You can't breathe because blood is surrounding your lungs. Um, what had happened was I had a cyst that ruptured and it ruptured an artery. Um, so I was slowly internally bleeding for two days. So my body was shutting down. Um, and I mean, at that point I didn't, I was so out of it. Like I didn't feel pain really. Like I was just like in and out of sleeping. It felt like, um, so they rushed me up. Like I had surgery. They, I had three blood transfusions. I was in the hospital for a week. Um, it was like really intense. Um, and you actually have an NDE as they call it where you left your body? I don't know. I like, I can tell you like from me, Kara, like the, the things that I saw, like, I don't know if it was, I don't know, maybe it was the drugs they gave me, like, or maybe it was the anesthesia. <laughs> um, but it was, it was life changing, you know, whichever, whatever way it, I don't know. So but you came back from that with this, I mean, I know you had this incredible, beautiful vision of, in your photography and in your life in general of being an artist, even at the age of six yeah. in a costume, but you came back with this, it seems with like this attachment, more of an attachment to nature it was, and being able to- It was that and the grat a gratitude for life, you know, like a gratitude for all living things. Like we are, we're here for such a short, amount of time and we really are like like the fact that we can speak walk breathe think love is like mind-blowing right so I feel like after after that happened to me I really felt the most profound like gratitude and I it kind of put the pieces together for my chalk art of letting go it was like the shock the the skill and then the realization, right? It was like the universe put me on this path and I made it to the door. And this was, at, especially at the time, like this was the way that my work could help and connect us. Um, so that's when the chalk art of letting go came together. It was like based, it came from all my personal life experiences. But through that, I realized like everybody has these experiences. They may look different, they may sound different, but we all feel the same, you know, like we all are sharing this collective feeling like of pain, of loss, of, of all these different things. And I wanted my work to be able to be a tool, like, you know, a, like a tool for somebody to move through what they were going through when they didn't have necessary, they didn't have anyone to listen or they didn't have a, like a outlet for them. And that's where the whole idea came from. So when you were leading the, the um, race, at, when you were, yeah, when you were at the Southampton Arts Center and you were leading the chalk art of letting go, right. can you share, can you share one of those experiences like that where someone else, where you were able to pass this on to someone else or someone had a particularly profound experience with, with the chalk I art? Feel, so after each one, there's always, like, I usually get like a couple emails or a couple people re like who will reach out to me 
So I guess I should say, so the bigger race, which is what I was trying to do one a year, right? And I create, like what I put in are all of my, is all of my artwork. So anywhere from like four to 12 giant chalk drawings. And that's my gift that then people can utilize to erase their own, whatever they need away. And then underneath are sayings that I paint in first that say, let go of attachments, love grows love, you know, simple, simple, uplifting um, sayings kind of so that when they erase, it's not just a black hole, you know, <laughs> like it, like, right. it's like a little breadcrumb to move forward. Um, at the Southampton Art Center, I took it a step further and I did do a couple classes, um, which was really nice. And, and it kind of helped me get more one-on-one -on -one with people. But mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I like, there were stories from, you know, like financial loss to, to this woman losing her mother, um, going through like, like all different types of loss, like job, like there's so many different things, like, um, and everybody, like the good thing about it was there was no, it wasn't a competition. There was no ego. It was just a free space to utilize the art to move through whatever you needed to. You didn't have to tell me anything. You didn't have to, it was all you. I was just offering a tool, you know, like you can like just trying to be a stepping stone. Um, so that's kind of where it, it all originated. And in my busy lifestyle, you know, trying to survive, <laughs> um, I could really only offer one bigger race a year because it takes a lot of time to mm -hmm. make all make all the work organize, get it, get, you know, people together. Um, that's why it was nice to do those classes at Southampton Art Center. But, um, but obviously now 2020, you can't get together. You can't have these giant, like, you can't have a hundred people come together to erase one board. Oh. Like it doesn't work. Um, so I've been sitting, like, how do I connect? Like I had to, I have to change. Like I'm changing too. Like I'm growing and I'm, grateful and keeping my keeping that practice as a reminder but I have to change like with the times just like how my my work changes with with the times too in the in, the, in 2020 you might have had your most your biggest um uh well at least your most popular yeah. piece of, of work because it stood on the cover of yeah. Newsday you did a driveway can you tell us just quickly we, we are wrapping up we only have about okay. five minutes left um so, so yeah. that was I mean, what is, I, I can't even put into words how I was feeling in the beginning of the pandemic, right? Like, like at a complete loss, like living in this total dystopia, like I couldn't understand and watching the news and feeling so helpless. And so I even questioned like, am I in, like, why did I become an artist? Like I should have been a nurse. I should have been, I was good at science. I should have been a chemist. Like I could have helped. Like I, what am I doing? Well, you know, thank you to the, the first, uh, the essential workers, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I wanted to say thank you because we're, there's nothing I could do to help, you know, like we're, I I'm isolated like there, it just, and the news was so scary and like so intense. And you're just seeing like all these normal people, you know, before pandemic, they're just working and nurses, doctors, and yeah they're just struck like in the face with this, this scary for them too, you know, like not, you didn't grow in, up in a society where this was a normal thing. So I couldn't even imagine like what they were feeling. So I just wanted to say thank you. Um, using the only tools that I had really. Um, and it did, it, it kind of blew up. I had no idea. Uh, and it really, it, it did so much for me like growth wise. And when you're in, in a place where I was feeling so isolated, it really connected me with a lot of different people all over the world via yeah. social media, which I'd never thought could be a true deep place for deep connection, but I made new friends via the internet. Well, you know, we're, we're going to have to wrap it up soon, but uh, yeah. where, where, where can people see all of this stuff? Like, do you have a website? Um, I do have a website. It's under construction right now. It's karahoblin.com. K-A-R-A Hoblin, H-O-B-L-I-N. Yes. Um, and 
Yeah, go ahead. I update my Instagram the most. So that's where if you really want to see what I'm doing, like up to date, I would mm -hmm. suggest checking that out. And that's Carabella Art, correct? It's just Carabella. Oh, so yeah, sorry. With two A's at the end. Cara, wait, Carabella. Yeah. And uh, Carol, it's, it's been such a, a gift to, to listen to you. Um, I know Alec and I were really transported by your, your passion, your, uh, your artistic nature, and just all of your projects that bring people together and help them to let go of things that no longer serve them. So thank you. Thank you so much, Kara, for coming on. And thank um, you. I'll say, yeah, you know, thanks everybody for listening. Kara, uh, again, thank you for coming on. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the, uh, the, the discourse. Um, I, I'll say, uh, you know, what's amazing about this conversation is that uh, we could talk about art, we could talk about photography, we talk about any of this stuff, and it all is very temporary. But the real conversation is about finding your bliss, to taking the leap of, of, of the quest to find your authentic self, and, and realizing that um, all we really have is what we give away, and letting go is uh, su such an important part of, of, of growth and of life. Um, so I hope everybody uh, enjoyed this. Uh, everybody, please wear your masks, uh, get your vaccines, uh, you know, respect and, and cherish every moment we have together, uh, and, and know that uh, this too shall pass, like everything else. So uh, everybody be well and stay well. Why is the earth moving round the sun? Floating in the vacuum with no purpose, not a one. Why in the night sky are the lights hung? Oh, why is life made only for the end? Why do I do all this waiting then? Why this frightened part of me that's fated to pretend? Why is life made only for the end? Oh, in the city only for a while. Here to face the fortune and the bile I heard you on the radio I couldn't help but smile In the city only for a while oh. Why in the night sky are the lights hung? Oh, oh, oh.